Hello, and welcome to episode 386 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. As always, joined by Evan Silva, who is back from a Cape Cod vacation, looking like a bronzed Adonis himself. I am back from one of the most epic hashtag Team Smell the Roses, hashtag Be Outside weekends of my life. Anyways, Evan, how was the trip? Welcome home. How's it going? It was great. I, I prioritized getting extremely sunburnt this year because two years ago we we couldn't we couldn't do our family vacation to cape cod because of the pandemic and then last year it was like overcast for for our full week and this year it was 70 degrees and sunny every single day and it was awesome and now i'm back in chicago the weather in chicago has been incredible i mean it's it like stopped raining i mean it's it's warm and sunny every single day so just just soaking in the the rays and the, and the vitamin d and uh loving life right now it's uh it's a great time to get skin cancer is what evan's trying to say just get out there and burn yourself to a crisp yes. it's worth the risk <laughs> okay <laughs> on today's show we are going to go over a bunch of the mini camp and ota news that has come out recently i believe every team conducted at least some kind of workout over the last few weeks which meant reporters had a chance to talk to the coaches and players actually some interesting stuff that i think actually should affect rankings before we get into it want to remind everyone this show is brought to you by our friends at underdog fantasy undoubtedly the smoothest highest stakes best user experience for anyone trying to play best ball use promo code etr when you sign up to get a hundred dollar matching deposit bonus and of course if you have DraftKit pro you can upload our rankings directly onto underdog if you desire mess around with them move them around draft from there whatever you want to do also we are grinding our cocks off on youtube we're putting out videos you won't find on this podcast feed uh, Herzig live streams twice a week for the best ball, shorts, a lot of other stuff, totally free. Find our YouTube channel, subscribe. It really does go a long way towards allowing us to keep doing free content like this. All right, Evan, lots to get to today. Let's start with this Buck stuff. So the big news while you were gone, Rob Gronkowski, surprisingly, and, I, and honestly, I was wrong. I mean, I, I thought Rob Gronkowski was definitely coming back, like 95% to come back. Rob Gronkowski for now has decided that he has, will retire. I, I think there's a lot of cases to be made that he won't actually retire. He'll come back sometime in September after training camp. Brady will talk him into it. Cam Brate, who I think is going to underperform what people expect right now. We can talk about that in a second, but they'll need Rob Gronkowski, et cetera, et cetera. He could still come back, but man, for now, he seems serious about it. Evan, what did you think of the Gronk's decision and anything else you want to go with off that? Yeah, it was surprising to me, um, a little bit at least. But, you know, Drew Drew Rosenhaus, who has always repped Rob Gronkowski, came out and said, you know, he wouldn't be surprised if Rob Gronkowski came back later later in the season. And nobody should. I, th I still think he's worth taking in rounds, what, 18 through 20 in any best ball draft or, you know, any tight end premium or anything like that. But as we move down the depth chart, we got Cameron Brake coming back. We know Cameron Brake, you know. Cameron Brake is a pure possession receiver, catch and fall guy. When he catches the ball, it looks like someone in the stands like shot him with a shotgun because he just goes down immediately. He's not going to break any tackles, can't block. As you mentioned on Twitter, pure F tight end. And he's never a guy that they're going to really give the, a full-time role to. Even in, in games where Rob Gronkowski has missed over the past few years, Cam, Ra Cam Brate really didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. um, I do still think because he's playing with Tom Brady, because you know Chris Godwin's probably not going to be ready till October, that he's worth a shot in the late rounds, but he's not someone I'm trying to get excited about. Cade Otten, the rookie that they drafted out of Washington, was regarded as a very solid route runner. If you look at his production at Washington, 
very unimpressive. But I think that one thing that we have uh, learned over the years is that college production for tight ends is not predictive. Um, we obviously we'd rather see a tight end be productive in college than not be productive. But, you know, George Kittle is like the prime example, like just because he doesn't catch a ton of balls in college doesn't mean that he's not going to be an NFL player. And Kate Otten was regarded as a very good route runner. He's a quality athlete. He did catch 91 balls. It's just it took him four years to get there at Washington. Uh, but he's a, a name to keep in mind. At the end of the day, I don't know. What do you think about this? I, I think I would I would bet on Rob Gronkowski playing eight games for the Bucks this year. Yeah, I, I would too. But I think more importantly, I wanted to jump on the I, I can't believe how many people are excited about Cam Brate. Like no. people are legit excited Ridiculous. to draft Cam Brate. I this is like a classic case of fantasy people just being like, oh, next guy up. He's of course he's gonna do well. Dude, Cam Brate is 30 years old, can't move, never could move, is not a target earner is not even play the same position as Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski is an inline tight end. Cam Brate is a strict F tight end. I think Cam Brate will have his normal role well, that he had last year, but it's hard for me to see a real role expansion in a big way for Cam Brate. Like people are taking him like, like in the 10th round uh, in the wake of the Rob Gronkowski injury. I mean, to me, that's just totally insane. Still much rather have Rob Tanyan, Irv Smith, David Njoku, a ton of those guys over. The big winner to me, Adam, was Mike Evans. Yeah. Who I move? I mean, I moved him up a tier. I mean, yeah. he's a top five wide receiver to me at this point. I think he belongs in the same tier as Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, you know, Jamar Chase. I mean, I, I think he belongs at the end of that tier, but I think he belongs in that tier because, you know, and I don't want to get too hyperbolic here, but I think he scored 20 touchdowns. He could lead the NFL in receiving touchdowns. No problem. Who is Tom Brady going to be looking for in the red zone? with no Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans. And Mike Evans was put on this freaking planet to score touchdowns. We've known that since he created Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M. See, <laughs> I, I, I think the Bucs are going to be a little bit lower in pass rate over expectation, but they'll still be in the top 10 for sure in pass rate over expectation. And they're going to be in the top 10, I think, in opportunities from inside the 20-yard line. I mean, they're going to score a lot of touchdowns. They're going to throw the ball a ton. I, I love Mike Evans. And I know you don't really like Russell Gage as much as a player, but man, I, I think it's like Russell Gage is allowed to get better, right? He's only 26. Like he's allowed to improve. I thought he improved a lot last year. I don't think it's going to be great. I, and I think Godwin's rehab uh, is going to keep him out until October, November type stuff. I mean, Russell Gage and Mike Evans to me are, are the two guys that I want. Here. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I moved up Russell Gage from wide receiver 51 to wide receiver uh, 33. Mm. I have him ahead of Godwin now. Mm. Um, and he's at the top of, I don't know, with the fourth tier or whatever. You, I, the, the tiers are up on the site. The quarterback, wide receiver, uh, running back tiers are up. I'm, I'm about to finish tight ends. Uh, but, yeah, you can see on, on the site, Russell Gage, wide receiver 33 right now. I mean, I, I'm, I'm ahead of ADP on Russell. And I'm totally with you. He took a step forward. We had – there was reason to be skeptical of Russell Gage. Coming out of college, he was regarded as a gunner. He was a six-round pick. He didn't really show a lot of explosiveness early in his career in Atlanta. Last year, he did. You know, he capitalized on a lot of opportunity. No Calvin Ridley there. Tom Brady lobbied to for the Bucs to sign him. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, Tom Brady has an extensive rapport with slot receivers from Wes Welker to Danny Amendola to Chris Godwin. Tom Brady will rip it in the middle of the field. That's where Russell Gage runs his routes. Yeah, just one last point on Brayton. I know that Godwin was out there for this. I know that Gronk was out there for this, but five games without Gronk 
last year, Cambrai 229 0, 112 0, 326 0, 0, 0, 0, and 1 6 1. I mean, yeah, I don't get it. All right. Go to uh, Patriots. So I thought this one was really notable. James White not cleared yet off the hip surgery, and Mike Reese left James White off of his roster projection, projecting James White to start the year on PUP. Now, we know how much uh, Patriots generally, and really Tom Brady, but I think Mac as well, likes to throw at running back. This is a big boost to me, to Ramondre. I think there's a good chance that James White doesn't get cleared, and he could be straight done. And if he's not done, he could be reduced to a point where he's not that effective anymore, and he could just start the year on PUP and never really get healthy. We never really know. So we will talk about this in a future episode about Ramondre Stevenson. But to me, this was a a sneaky but important note. James White not cleared. Any more thoughts on that one, Evan? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, we covered this extent. We just did a show with Josh Norris, um, and we covered this situation extensively. But just a a short recap, I think Ramondre Stevenson is the best back on the team. Um, I think he's just as good if not better a runner than Damian Harris. And he's definitely better in the receiving game. And if there's no James White, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be the heavy favorite to move into the pass game role for New England. Because I, you know, and I like Pierre Strong, but he's a day three pick out of an FCS school. And those guys typically don't play a lot, especially at the skill positions in um, in New England, especially when they have two guys that they can trust, largely they can trust. Ramondre Stevenson had some hiccups last year. So did Damian Harris. Mm-hmm. Had some uh, fumble issues. But, you know, they're, they're, they're an old-school coaching staff. Ivan Fears, the longtime running backs coach for New England, Bill Belichick. You know, they're going to go with guys that they trust. And I think that they, they're certainly going to have a, a higher level of trust in Ramondre Stevenson than they are in Pierre Strong. Yeah, for sure. And Ramondre, shout-out team preseason. I mean, if you go back and watch Ramondre, I know his regular season stuff was impressive, but preseason last year was just – he was absolutely shredding. More on that coming in episode 388, I think it will be, with Josh Norris. Let's go to the Tennessee stuff. I don't know if you followed this, Evan, but, I mean, beat writers are saying, and I get that it's June, they're saying that Traylon Burks is behind Robert Woods, who's now been fully cleared and is healthy, allegedly, and he's also behind NWI, Nick Westbrook, Akine. I obviously don't buy that. I, I think that Traylon Burks will end out being the number one guy, but he's priced at that level in drafts. He's also dealing with some asthma issues. He wasn't able to participate for most of the OTAs because he's been uh, having trouble breathing or sick or asthma. I don't know exactly what's going on there, but I think it's injected a bit of skepticism on Traylon Burks. And maybe we're under, maybe we're under repping on Robert Woods too. So what do you think about the Titans wide receivers as they stand right now? I mean, I think that Robert Woods is a value and Traylon Burks is probably a little overrated right now. And I would have said that I don't care about the asthma thing. Mm-hmm. It's possible that they're just taking extra precautions. Remember, the Titans have had like COVID breakouts. I mean, they were the f- first team that had that massive COVID breakout. It looked like the season was going to like get canceled for a mm-hmm. minute a couple of years ago. Maybe they're just taking extra precautions with him. I mean... I'm sure they knew that he had asthma before they drafted him or geez, I hope that they, that they knew that. I, I just, Traylon Burks is a tough evaluation. You know, we had, we've had a lot of different opinions on Traylon Burks. He's, he's drawn from Daniel Jeremiah. He's been compared to AJ Brown. 
you know, and from Mike Renner, he's been compared to LaVisca Chenault, mm -hmm. you know, and I think there's even some like Nikhil Harry potential there. You know, I, it's, he, he's not an easy evaluation. Um, so I'm, I'm just, I'm going to let other people take him this year, I think. Yeah. And I say this as someone who just had a, a rookie 104 pick uh, dynasty and I, and I took Traylon Burks. I, I don't think I'm going to be targeting him, targeting him in redraft this year, but it has nothing to do with the asthma. Uh, like I said, I think he's priced like assuming that he's number one and yeah, he's pretty good at right. being the number one. Robert you know? Woods is a really good football player, you sure. know, and he's very far removed from his injury. He should be all systems go, you know, on the same page with Ryan Tannehill. They have very little depth behind those guys. Uh, quick one here about Joe Mixon, you know, and I love Joe Mixon. I, I think Joe Mixon is an awesome player on an awesome team. And he's a fine pick, but I just think people who are expecting him to get the pass down role are just wishful thinking it's not going to happen. I mean, B-Riders asked Zach Taylor about it. And Zach Taylor said, well, to make a statement, this was the quote. Zach Taylor says, to make a statement that we can get more out of Joe in the passing game, well, that's got to pull from somewhere. And then we'll be talking about why there wasn't as much production from Jamar Chase or T. Higgins, which doesn't really make a lot of sense because they could just use Joe Mixon on pass downs and, and give him the targets that P. Ryan or Chris Evans would have had, but whatever, they don't want to do it. So we're not going to bang our head against the wall is what it is. We will talk about an episode 388, Chris Evans versus Samaj P. Ryan, which I think is interesting. Sounds like Chris Evans is starting to move ahead, but I do want to focus more on Mixon here. Evan, where are you at on Joe Mixon this year? Knowing that, I mean, I don't want to call him Derrick Henry because he, he gets targets on the early downs, but it's certainly not uh, a good pass down role for Joe Mixon. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I honestly don't, I don't have a whole lot to add to that. You know, I, it seems to me that they're doing this thing be, uh, where they pull him out in the passing game, which is, it's crazy because in the Super he's Bowl. so good in the passing game at Oklahoma. And they did in the and, Super Bowl, the biggest play of the Super Bowl. He I wasn't know, on the field because it was a third I down. Know. Yeah. And they're committed to that as like a part of their offense, because I think that they, um, they view it as a, as you know, that's when they give him a breather. Yeah. It's, it's very suboptimal, but teams do this sometimes. I mean, there, there's, you know, a couple backs every year where this, that, that this happens to, I remember it start, I remember first noticing it with Steven Jackson with the Rams. He was so good in the passing game, but Jeff Fisher loved to pull him out on passing situations. And he was asked that one time by a beat writer and, the, and he told the beat writer that that's our chance to give him a breather. Let's go to uh, – we'll skip the Irv Smith one. We can talk. We talked a ton about that with Norris. Let's go to Jerry McKinnon back to Kansas City. So I, I like Clyde Edwards-Lair, man. I was, I was excited to draft Clyde Edwards-Lair this year. We've talked about him a bunch. It's just a chance, hey, he had the gallbladder surgery last year. Uh, he hasn't really had a full offseason to get a chance. Uh, as the feature back for this Chiefs team who now lost Tyreek Hill, there was a lot of – good things to say about Clyde Edwards-Alaire and why I thought that he was a value. Jerry McKinnon coming back scares me because Jerry McKinnon in the playoffs last year was like very, very good. And Jerry McKinnon is very clearly good in the pass game. And like, if you play for the Chiefs, you don't have the pass game role. They're going to be like number one, probably in pass rate over expectation. So you have a problem there. How much of an impact do you think Jerry re-signing with the Chiefs has on Clyde Edwards-Alaire's outlook for this season? it just really lowers his floor. And I was with you. I wanted to be, I wanted to be on Clyde Edwards Hilaire this year. I think you could make a really good case for him mm -hmm. with a lot of turnover in the receiver core. What was he supposed to be coming out of LSU? He's supposed to be receiving back. You know, he's, you know, he ran into that thing where he um, lost like what freaking 40 pounds or whatever. Um, you know, he was down to 160. He was 207 coming out of LSU. He's down to 160. That's an incredible amount of weight. 
for like a five, seven individual to lose, Mm -hmm. you know, so you you could build a really good case for him, but Jarek McKinnon was the best back on the team last year when everyone was healthy. And, um, it just, it lowers the floor and it's, it's, it's a little bit frustrating from a, a forecasting standpoint. I, Actually, I need to move uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire down uh, after that signing. Yeah, I, it's just hard, you know. I, yeah. It's hard. I still want to be high on Clyde edwards but I think I'll Me wait too. for his ADP to hopefully dip a little bit. Deshaun Watson saga continues. <clears throat> he settled all but four cases. Meanwhile, Baker Mayfield is linked to Seattle and Carolina. You know, some people think that because uh, Deshaun settled all these cases that he's less likely to be suspended now. There's a new process for uh discipline in the nfl now based on the new cba and basically what's going to happen is i believe they're going to go to a judge a retired u.s district judge who's going to make a ruling and then if deshaun watson does not like the ruling that she makes he can appeal to roger goodell what i i don't know how that's going to play out i do know that if it gets to goodell they're going to throw the book at this guy they're, i mean they're going to absolutely throw the book at this guy i think the nfl likely wants him suspended for a year and as evan as you've noted i mean they built it into his contract essentially preparing for suspension for the full year at this point i don't think i mean we've been saying this for a month i i just don't see the the upside in drafting deshaun watson and we've no. docked we continue to dock all of the browns guys across the board assuming more and more jacoby Brissett starts this season so in our slack taylor kb you know one of our um the the co-founders and i hate arguing with taylor because he's all he always ends up being right and i always end up being wrong but he was saying that he thinks that the suspension will be less than anticipated. Is that correct? What was your takeaway from what, what he was saying in our, in our Slack? He was saying that selling the cases is good for, yeah. for Deshaun and that, you know, no matter what you thought before, how long he'd be suspended for, selling cases would likely mean that it's less or, or less or a better chance that it's less. It's definitely a good thing, but, but well, for Desha- the chances of Deshaun Watson avoiding like a super lengthy expens- yeah. uh, uh, suspension or, or just for – whatever. Um, but there are still several cases that have not been settled yep. and bad stuff keeps coming out. Yeah. Like from the New York times, yep. you know what I mean? Like stuff that anyone across the nation can read. That's horrible publicity yeah. for the NFL. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to go overboard here cause this is a, a, a touchy subject, but don't you think that there are way more women than 24, like way more. Probably, yeah. in probably. all likelihood, probably, probably, and and they and they keep coming out, yeah. And so, I just I don't I don't understand that scenario. And also, the Browns built into his contract was it it's one million for year one, yeah. One one million dollars is is his salary in year one. They built into the contract to assume that he was going to be suspended. Okay, so and and all the all the stuff that we've heard behind the scenes is that. He either is going to get nothing, which is extremely unlikely, or he's going to get a full year, which is extremely likely. And I I lean toward a full year. I mean, the Browns have anticipated this. The PR is so bad for the league. For him to be out there, like people are going to be like protesting outside the stadium. Yeah. Outside of every stadium that he plays at. Like the the NFL can't, can't, can't deal with that. Yeah. I I think he's going to be suspended for the entire year. I agree. I'm gonna. I'm playing. I've been playing it as if he's suspended for the whole year, and that's mostly reflected in our projections. Now we're giving uh, Joey Brissett a ton of the starts. The Baker stuff is interesting, though. Baker linked to Seattle. Baker linked to Carolina. I think both of those teams are waiting for the Browns to be willing 
to pitch in more of Baker's salary. In other words, they don't want to pay the full 18 million or whatever it is for Baker. They want the Browns to pick up half that or whatever. And, and you know, there'll be some negotiation there, I'm sure. My lean is that even with Watson suspended for the whole year, that Baker is still gone. But I don't know if you've reconsidered that at all or what you think will happen with Baker. I um yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't pretend to know, but I, I do kind of hope he gets to Carolina because mm-hmm. I really want to be really high on DJ Moore this year. I think it just really adds up to an awesome year for DJ Moore. Even if they don't get Baker Mayfield, I I, I want to be high higher than consensus on DJ Moore. I don't know. If they go get Baker, maybe DJ Moore's ADP will get out of control. Maybe 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 I should not want Baker to go there. But I mean I think it would be a good thing for DJ Moore if Baker does go there. Okay, let's go to this, uh, some usage stuff. Devontae Adams, so the report from Las Vegas OTAs was Devontae Adams was lining up almost exclusively outside. And, you know, we knew that. They have a slot receiver, Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro cannot play any other position. And they just gave Hunter Renfro a two-year, $32 million extension. Now, Devontae Adams played about 30 35% of his snaps in the slot for the Packers last year. I, I think it's easier to win from the slot. I think you're a more consistent fantasy producer from the slot. We've seen the data bear that out. We've talked about some of our concerns with Devontae Adams already. Does this give you more pause on Devontae Adams that he's lining up exclusively outside in OTAs? Um, no, it, it, it doesn't surprise me. It, it doesn't move the needle for me um, because as you said, Hunter Renfro can really only play one position um, and Devontae Adams is going to be their number one perimeter receiver and he's not going to be as productive with Derek Carr as he was with Aaron Rodgers. Like it's, I, I just, I think it's kind of simple. Yeah. Let's go to Seattle. So as suspected, we've talked about this for a while. It looks like Chris Carson's done. I mean, Chris Carson not cleared yet, sadly, due to the neck uh, surgery, injury, whatever's going on with him. Uh, Rashad Penny running ahead of Kenny Walker for now. But, you know, a lot of this stuff with the rookies is just rookie stuff. Like you're not going to just come in and give Kenny Walker the job when Rashad Penny played so well down the stretch last year, I kind of think it's going to be a hot hand situation. They're going to use both Penny and Ken Walker and try to run the ball a ton. But what do you think about Penny versus Walker right now? If you had to take one. Yeah. I mean, this has been kind of my stance even before this news, like this isn't really news, but uh, you know, is that Rashad Penny absolutely balled out down the stretch last season. Uh, Last five games, he was at like freaking seven yards per carry. I mean, he was playing at an extremely high level. He was a very good prospect coming out of college just ran into a bunch of injury, bad luck stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they gave him a good contract uh, after the season. It's only a one-year deal, but it's over $5 million. And then, and, I mean, they're going to – it's going to be a competition thing. So, I'm with you. I think it'll be largely hot hand. They're going to use two guys. We have to worry about the complexion of the offense as a whole, as Leone has really harped on. Um, you know, how many, how many points is this team going to score? You know, I don't think very many. By the way – PFF, their O-line rankings, they have the Seahawks dead last in their offensive line rankings, and they're trying to be a you know a ground-and-pound team. It's just crazy. Yeah, Brandon Thorne, of course, the unquestioned offensive line expert. Our offensive line rankings will be up in the draft kit later, closer to the season, probably closer end of July, early August. A um, little bit more news. Uh, Tyrion Davis-Price working ahead of Jeff Wilson, ahead of Trey Sermon, ahead of Jermichael Hasty, reportedly in minicamp, or at least that's what beat writers are projecting for Tyrion Davis-Price to be ahead of those guys as the number two. I, I find that 
interesting. Obviously, another Mike Shannon running back draft pick doesn't mean much as we've seen with plenty of running backs that he's drafted through the years. But I do think that Tyrion Davis Price at least has a chance to emerge like Jeff Wilson and Trey Sermon and Jermichael Hasty are just whatever. I know we talked about this a little bit on episode 388, but uh, Tyrion Davis Price is intriguing me as a late round running back stab. I'm totally with you. I have him right now at RB 48. Um, you know, and I think he was drafted straight up because they missed on Trey Sermon. And I think they knew that right away. Yeah. You know, they, they knew in training camp last year, like, let's be real, you know, and then he got these opportunities. He was terrible running with a piano on his back, you know, and Tyrion Davis price, very different player from uh, Elijah Mitchell. And I mean, I think he's got a chance to lead the team in carries this year. And I, I, I know that some people weren't high on him coming out, but I mean, all you have to do is be a, be a functional running, you know, power back in this kind of system and you're going to get production. And I mean, I, I think he's got a chance. I, I, I like him as a draft pick. Right? I like him as a late round pick right now. He's cheap. Let's go to uh, Logan Thomas. You know, Logan Thomas was a guy that we were on for his breakout before anybody knew who even who LT3 was. But man, this injury is bad. I mean, ACL, MCL, and meniscus damage for Logan Thomas. Ah, it's hard for me to get excited about him. We've dropped him in the rankings due to injury concern. I, I just feel like he's a stay away for me until he proves that he's at can actually return from this knee injury. Any interest at all for you in Logan Thomas? I took him in the uh, MFL 10 of death as part of a three tight end stable of uh hunt. And that also included Hunter Henry and Robert Tanya. And I, I think I took, I think he was my last pick or my second to last pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and this was before this news that the, the, the knee injury was like more extensive than initially reported. So I, I had some regrets about that. Um, I don't know that that's he's like the last a last round pick or just don't draft him at all. Yeah. Um, let's go to speaking of tight ends. I, I'm actually kind of excited about Gerald Everett, not because of this quote unquote report from camp, which was ridiculous. Like Gerald Everett's being used on sweeps and flat routes and screens. Like you're not going to, they have so many good players. They're not going to draw up all this crazy stuff for Gerald Everett. However, I do think Gerald Everett is a good athlete. I do think this offense is going to be awesome. And like, I mean, they have Donald Parham, but Gerald Everett, uh, I think, is going to play a ton. So we haven't really talked about him since the free agency shows. Where are you at on Gerald Everett right now? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very iffy on him. And, you know, I, I'm like you. I, I, I have liked Donald Parham for a, a while. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have a strong take on, on Gerald Everett right now. Yeah, it just, it just on the Parham stuff, it just seems like they're not like ready to commit to him. Like they think he's right. like a role player. Like, you know what I mean? And I yeah. think he'll play, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Gerald Everett is kind of role player too. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, you know, they have a lot of weapons, man. You know, yeah. it's going to be this he's, you know, and, and we talk about this on the, the Josh Norris show too. There's this big group of tight ends, like tight end 10 through like tight end 24. And it's all just going to come down to, how, like how those guys, the, the results of those guys is like how many touchdowns they score. So if Gerald ever scores four touchdowns or three touchdowns, he's going to be toward the end. If he scores seven or eight, he's going to be toward the top. And it's just going to come down to touchdowns. Yeah. One other note on the Chargers, by the way, uh, Daniel Popper, who covers the uh, Chargers for the Athletic, reported that Josh Palmer was running with the starters 
during OTAs. I, I know, I know Evan isn't convinced that that's going to stick because um, they need Jalen Guyton speed out there, but we'll see. It's at least off to a good start this offseason for Josh Palmer. So I'll say that. Yeah. No, I'm just, I, I'm just playing the devil's advocate sure. role. Like, I, I, I know, I think I know that Josh Palmer is better at football than Jalen Guyton. But when they have Josh Palmer, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen out there, they have one of the slowest receiver cores in the NFL. Yeah. So at the end of the day, do the coaches convince themselves, hey, let's stick out 437 Jalen Guyton out there to be our, you know, our, our coverage distractor or, or you know, and, <clears throat> and, and have Josh Palmer be our four because he can play any of the positions. Yeah. No, I think it's an interesting question. That's exactly why we watch it. We will be watching preseason games very closely Definitely. to see how they're used. Um, Colt stuff, Paris Campbell. I mean, blast from the past, man. Dude has not been able to stay healthy at all, like ever. But I always felt like he had a chance if he could stay healthy. And right now he's running with the starters and also Marley Cox locked in. I think they're going to play a ton of two tight end sets. But Marley Cox, I don't think is in competition. I think competition is between Jelani Woods and Kylan Granson for the number two spot. Mo Ali Cox is locked, and I like taking Mo Ali Cox hmm. a lot in some of these builds where I'm weak at tight end. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Paris Campbell stuff to me is thin because not only does he have to stay healthy, which he's proven that he can't for the most part, he also has to beat out Alec Pierce and siphon targets from Michael Pittman. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't been taking Paris Campbell, but what do you think about him and any tight end stuff there? Yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to feel our way out with Paris Campbell and and even the tight ends. I mean, I I think that well, I have Michael Pittman super high. He's in, in my top fifteen wide receivers, and I I like Alec Pierce. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as a rookie, uh, but I also think this is gonna be a very run heavy offense fe- uh, featuring Jonathan Taylor, obviously, <clears throat> and you know the ancillary pieces. Just they're they're not gonna get a whole lot. Yeah. Go to this giant stuff. Um. Jordan, friend of the show, obviously reporting that the new regime does not like, seems to not like Darius Slayton. And there's been other reports out of the Giants that Darius Slayton is a trade or a cut candidate. Meanwhile, Sterling Shepard, I don't think is too close to returning from his injury. So, and uh, Evan Ingram is gone also. And so you start to get like a more narrow target tree just in time for Brian Dable to step in. Obviously they're adding Wendell, but I just think thinning it out in the Giants um, is important for outlooks on Tony and Wendell specifically and Galladay. So yeah, I just thought it was notable that Slayton could be available. And honestly, like a team like the Packers or someone like that, yeah. like they could use yeah. Darius Slayton. I, Darius Slayton can run. Yeah. Whether he can catch, you know, that's a, that's a play to play thing, but um, he can run. I mean, yeah. we've seen him make big plays. He's had big games in the NFL. You know, I, the Giants should not be souring on Darius Slayton. They be trying. They should be trying to get him into the culture and everything because uh, they're they're not deep at receiver. You know, yeah. when when you start to think about like the there are continuing question marks about Kadarius Tony. He just had a, a minor knee procedure. Sterling Shepard coming off the Week 17 ACL tear. Like they're they should need they should think that they need Darius Slayton's speed. They they need to get him ramped up and, and ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, you would think, but it sounds like he's definitely on the trading block. So we'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Last one I wanted to mention here was the Odell stuff. Odell, still a free agent, reportedly targeting return in mid or late November, which is a really long time to have someone on your bench not playing, especially when if he comes back to the Rams, which is most speculation is he will come back to the Rams. He's going to be like, 
at best third in targets. I mean, I think he can't just step right in and, and ice Allen Robinson. I don't think that'll happen. So for me on Odell, I'm, I'm mostly out. It's just too long to wait for an uncertain role, but maybe you disagree on Odell and, and do you think the Rams will bring him back eventually? No, I don't even have him in my top 150. I think he's like 160 right now, technically. Um, I think the Rams will end up bringing him back, but that would yeah. just that's just a guess. I, what's more interesting to me is uh, Will Fuller. Yeah, you see what uh, Justin Herzig put in the, in the Slack about Will Fuller? No, I didn't see. Has he has he been located? Is Will Fuller wanna, alive? I don't want to I don't want to misconstrue uh, what Justin Herzig said, but I believe that he said that he went to like some NFT thing and he was talking to Deshaun Kaiser and asked him about Will Fuller and. Will Fuller, and he's like, Will Fuller hates to play in the cold. Like the Packers tr- tried really hard to sign Will Fuller two years ago, but Will Fuller didn't want to play there because it's so cold, which is <laughs> weird because Will Fuller made his mark at Notre Dame, yeah. South Bend, Indiana. That, that ain't warm. Okay. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't want to misconstrue what Justin said though. So I don't know. Luke, you might have to rip that one. I don't know. That's ridiculous if that's true. But yeah, <laughs> I, know. I mean, you can live wherever you want. You got to play eight games a year in Green Bay. I guess you got to practice there, but yeah. All right, I'm just glad. To, I'm just glad Will Fuller's alive. I mean, I haven't heard it, haven't heard from the guy in like a year. So, all right, that's gonna do it for this news and notes edition of the podcast. We'll be back Monday as we are each Monday for Market Mondays, where I will go over the ADP changes in the last week, the biggest ADP changes in the last seven days, and give my take on whether I think that it was a good or a bad ADP move. Also, next week, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. The episode we've been alluding to with Josh Norris will be out. I think you guys will enjoy that. Josh Norris, one of the famous, most famous people that I know now, if you've seen him, he is the one in the black t-shirt on the underdog commercials that are on constantly. For Evan, for Bruce Luke, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.